All right, welcome to the Redefine Wellness Podcast. My name is Lindsay, and I am with Mr. Eric Peltz. Yes, I'm yes. here today. <laughs> so I met Eric. Um, he owns a gym here in Minnesota called the Warriors Forge, and it is a Sistema, or Russian martial arts gym. And he was so kind to open it up to me and let me rent a space from him to do Redefine Wellness, or Redefine Fitness classes this summer. And I'm hoping to get back in there again today. Not today. Soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are you today, Eric? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on your podcast, and uh, I look forward to whatever topics we get into today. Yes, we are caffeinated <laughs> yeah. and motivated. Ready to go. I'm a little hydrated, <laughs> so might need to sit stop that but um so tell me a little about how you got into Sistema and Russian martial arts well I'd always kind of had an interest in martial arts in general ever since I was a kid my mom tells me stories about me being like three and four years old like kicking couch pillows and you know stuff like that and, uh, I loved Karate Kid as a as a little boy and it was one of my favorite movies um, as I grew older I started to kind of realize there were a lots of different martial arts ideas out there in the world. And uh, I studied with a few people who had trained in a variety of things from freestyle wrestling to Aikido to karate and Kung Fu. And for me, I, I, I loved anything I could train in, but I had never really found anything that was holistic enough for me. You know, most martial arts have their thing. You know, if you wrestle, you probably do jujitsu or freestyle wrestling. You know, if you like to punch and kick, you're either doing karate or kung fu or you know taekwondo, something like that. Um, and that's nice, but you know, it's like if you only practice punching and kicking, or you only practice on the ground, or you only practice one skill, you don't really get a a holistic uh, kind of approach to what you're trying to do. So that if you end up on the ground, you have the skills to do something there. Fast forward. Uh, my birthday, I was like, oh, I, I think it was like ninth grade. Uh, we used to get this magazine called Things You Never Knew Existed. And kind of one of those novelty magazines where they sell like weird back scratchers and, you know, things for your cats to play with. But Like an airplane magazine? Kind of like an airplane magazine, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, they, it was back when, you know, before the internet was a big enough thing that they just spammed you with stuff on there. It was spam you with magazines and yeah. you know, I got like. highlights and like seventeen. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back when you could get like magazine subscriptions for people for their right. birthday and stuff right. like that. Well, we got this magazine. You just so happened to, uh, I just so happened to be looking through it because some of the stuff was fun. But they had a whole section in there uh, about martial arts and martial arts videos, and a lot of the videos were somewhat hokey things like, you know, these seven moves to end any street fight or whatever, you know. But one of the times I was looking through the magazine, this uh, ad popped up in there. I turned the page and it was my instructor. He had put out some videos uh, with a company called TRS, Threat Response Solutions, and they were advertising to this magazine. Uh, and my instructor, Vladimir Vasiliev, he had uh, put out a series of tapes back then. I mean, it was tapes at that time, mm-hmm. you know, VHS. And I read through the description, and there was just something about it that attracted me. It's like, what is this? This, this is not like the hokey stuff that you know you see in the rest of this magazine. There's there's something to this. So I convinced my parents that that's really what I wanted for my birthday, and they ordered it for me. And 
I watched the videos and I really had no idea what was going on. You know, it was kind of like, whoa, this is really different. I this is not Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, this is this doesn't look like any other martial art I've ever seen before. And kind of the relaxed, nonchalant way that my teacher was showing skills in that video set was intriguing to me. And I tried to train some of my own and things like that based on the videos for a few years, but didn't really get a lot of traction. But I still had a big interest in it. And so fast forward a few more years and. I had an opportunity to go to a, a Sistema seminar uh, by a different instructor, and that really kind of anchored me in like, ooh, I, I want to follow this. And then in 2007, my teacher came to Colorado. Um, it happened to coincide with when I was there, so I went to his seminar, and uh, I was hooked then, you know. And I'd been training off and on with different teachers. There was one not too far from where I lived. So I, I would go train with him in Colorado and in Longmont there, Brad Scornabaco. I trained with him a couple times and things like that. So long story short, after that first seminar, I was kind of hooked. And I realized if I wanted to get good at this, I had to find people to train with. So I started a study group and we started to train together. And then from there, you know, I, it kind of turned more into a teaching role for me. And I became an instructor in training and then eventually went on to get my full instructorship and so I've been teaching essentially and training pretty steadily pretty hard since uh, 2007 so about the last 13 years and teaching for the majority of that so what about it made you stay with it because I'm sure during that time there were tons of times you're like I can't do this this is too hard I'll never get it like just the personal setback what made you keep pushing through for me that was actually one of the things the difficulty of growth actually intrigued me more about it. Uh, growing up, I was always really good at sort of figuring out the trick of how to do something. You know, I, when I was in school, I figured out how to keep my teachers happy, how to study just enough to pass the tests and get good grades and keep my parents happy. And when it came to sports, it's like, oh, I just got to work on these few skills. If I get good at these, I'll be good for the skill level that I had, you know. And so I was always able to sort of hack things and figure out, oh yeah, you just do this, this, and this, and then you'll be good in this arena. And when I came to Sistema, it was like, I can't hack this. Like I literally have to fundamentally change the way I look at the world to get better at this. And that, that was challenging, but at the same token, keeping my you know, nose to the grindstone there and working on it, I was seeing enough change in my life that's like, ooh, this is hard, but this is worth it, you know, I, I'm, I'm growing as a person, I'm uh, making new connections in the world, and my body feels good, like, this is worth going at, it's not something I can feel like, oh, I just got good at it, and then drop it like everything else, you know, so, yeah. for me, that was something that actually pulled me forward, and, and kept me going, and it was the, the difficulty of it, the challenge of it, you know, seeing people who had gotten really good at it, and knowing how hard I'd been working at it, and being able to say, man, they put in a lot of hours on this, you know. They, it's obvious that they're they're good. I, I want to get to that spot, and that just kept pulling me forward, pulling me on. So, so what was something in the beginning of when you were learning how and learning about Sistema that was a fundamental or foundational thing you had to learn that was difficult, or you're like, if I don't get this, I'm not going to get that. Mm. I think with all things. 
you, you come to a particular level of physical skill where you you can do basic movements and you can kind of replicate the movements that you're seeing. The hardest part of anything, whether it's sport, whether it's you know an athletic endeavor of some kind or martial arts, is you can get good at the basic movements, but letting them out at the right time, being able to actually do them when you need them, is that's more of a function of an internal state. And for me, I kind of cued into onto that early on, and it was like, man, I have to, I have to change the way I'm seeing the world and experiencing the chaos of this moment, in order to allow my skills to flow. And that's really difficult, you know. And really good athletes, they're amazing at it. You know, they can be under pressure, and there's three seconds left in the championship game, and they just rock it, you know. And people who struggle at sports, even though they have good skills or struggle at any athletic thing, even though they have good skills, it's a function of how they're holding themselves inside. There's there's sort of a zone that you need to get yourself into. And for me, that was one of the things that was like, ooh, this is, that's harder than anything else. You know, uh, it, 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 with enough time, you can learn a movement. Uh, but to problem solve with another mind in real time with physical consequences like that's that's challenging yeah. to keep yourself in a zone where you can keep moving forward and solve the problem properly and you know, right. change things i know i have a question that i want to ask you but i want to say this before i ask it so i hope i don't lose it but i know when marathon training and running a marathon it's the training it's the 20 30 sometimes 50 weeks of training that you put in to be able to run this big race and it seems like people put so much emphasis on this 13.1 or 26.2 miles or even 50 mile race but it's actually the thousands of miles that you ran to prepare and what i've learned in my own journey in fitness and in, in just running which is not what you do but it's your training so when you get to that spot when everything is broken down and you don't know what else to do and you don't know how to push through and the flesh the body even the soul is telling you don't take another step you can't do it it's where you have to get to that point of something else in you takes over that I mean grit is like the word that comes up when I think about that that it's like this is who you are at your core and this is why you train to get here and you are already equipped to push through this here and it's like a like a flow you just like actually I can do this yeah. and that's <laughs> yeah people ask me all the time they're like why do you put yourself through that and it's like you have no idea when you push yourself to the absolute limit and it's just you relying on you and even you know tapping into some faith that's the honey spot that's the sweet spot that's where like I'm living yeah absolutely yeah there's a, there's a saying that I like and it's really simple but it's hard is good yeah hard so, is good hard is yes. good like difficult discipline it, is freedom discipline is freedom <laughs> that's right and hard hard is good because we're meant to always live on this border between you know what we know and what we've already you know we kind of have control of and what's unknown to us and what's beyond our reach and that really is the sweet spot for finding you know not just joy but like a deep feeling of meaning 
You know, you, you don't know it until you've done something hard and trained for it and worked at it, and then you're there in that moment doing it and you accomplish it. There's this, it, for me, the word is satisfaction. There's a, a feeling of satisfaction that's not like, oh, hey, I'm happy. It's, the, it's this deep abiding feeling inside of yourself like, I did that. Like, I accomplished that. I set out to do it. I met this goal, and wow, I'm here now. It was challenging. I overcame all of these difficulties and suffering and pain and all of that to get to this spot. And there's nothing like it. Like that's one of those experiences as a human being that you know that's one of the things that makes this makes this place worth living in. You know, being able to have challenges to overcome and to find that feeling. Do you think that's why there's so much depression and anxiety and just overall mental illness out there is because people have gone into a place of complacency and comfortability to where they're not challenging their bodies, they're not pushing out. I mean, we don't even have to open, search for the right encyclopedia book to look something up. We just talk to a device and it tells us an answer. Do you think that's why we're suffering? Yes, uh, I think that's a big part of it. They're, uh, for me, and I've, I've looked at this, thought about it extensively. Uh, there was six years that I worked in, in Isana County Jail here in Cambridge, and for the majority of that, I was working overnights. And, you know, in certain parts of the jail, when you're not doing up, doing checks, making sure everybody's sleeping, you're sitting there. And so I'd read books, and I'd do research, and I'd do things like that, and through the few years there, I, I thought really hard about some of these things, and I realized that there is a certain quality of, of pain and suffering that is good for us. You know, it's kind of like the idea of hormesis in the body, where you, you get like little amounts of poison, essentially, in your body, yeah. it responds and makes you stronger. Um, that's the whole point why blueberries are antioxidants, because exactly. they're actually poison. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> I mean, that's it. So it's, it's one of those things where you have to find constructive pain and study how to en- endure it in a way that um, builds you. You know, like that's what exercise essentially. That's why people don't like to exercise. It's yeah. one of the simplest it's ones. Hard. It's hard. It is. It hurts. You have to, you know, endure that pain not only while you're working out, but if you just start working out a couple of days afterwards, yeah. you're going to be feeling it. You know, there's yeah. all those memes about leg day. You know, it's like that. <laughs> you can, your biggest enemy after leg day is the toilet. You know, it's or like the I, can't, I can't sit on that thing. You know, yeah. but you know, it's why, why would you put yourself in all that pain? Well, it's it's not because I'm a sadomasochist. <laughs> because it's because I see something beyond that pain that that pain is going to launch me into. And for a lot of people, we live in a part of the world that we can have food. I mean, we can order food and Uber will bring it to us now. You know, like you literally don't have to get off the couch if you don't want to other than go to the bathroom. Uh, We've got entertainment. I'm sure somebody's worked that out. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, We've got a lot of conveniences and comforts and I'm thankful for that. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to go back to the Stone Age or something, but... That all being said, you have to find ways to study how to deal with suffering and pain and voluntarily put yourself in that yes. area. Otherwise, there is no standstill. You, you're either moving forward or you're going backwards, and there's really no in between. And you know that you're moving forward in an area 
if there's some challenge there, there's some, some discomfort, there's some pain even, um, even some suffering, you know, and there, there's a difference between suffering and pain to me, you know, there's, yeah. you can experience the pain of something and, you know, go through an exercise and experience the pain, or you can suffer through an exercise, which is another layer where you've kind of added on the mental anguish of, why am I here? Why am I yes. doing this? Oh, mm -hmm. God. So it's not only pain, but it's this internal struggle where you don't Absolutely. just let go and go, yeah, it's going to hurt, but I'm going to do it. Yes. You know, that's that internal mental quality. Right. There's a, what I've learned is that there's, when you can find the joy in the suffering, when you can find the joy in the pain, it makes it all worthwhile and you know that you're growing. Because I believe the same thing. I believe if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. And I have to continually ask myself, weekly am I growing because yeah. if I'm not I'm moving backwards yeah. so if you didn't have Sistema in your life which would has pretty much shaped who what you do not necessarily who you are but I mean how you approach the world and how you rest and how you work and all of these things not to be a what are you gonna be when you grow up but where, what do you the worst of Eric, yeah. like, because I know the yeah. worst of Lindsay, yeah. and she, she sucks. Yeah. But do you think if you didn't find Sistema, if you would be the person that you're proud of? I definitely. Um, it's tough to say. It's it's hard to look into the the, the past and the future kind of simultaneously and try to draw a new conclusion about who I because maybe I would have found something else, uh, but. That being said, I definitely wouldn't be the person that I am today. Uh, there, there were a few moments in my life where, you know, as we all, we have, there's an ebb and flow to everything, and there's times where you feel like you're on the mountain peak going, yeah, the world rocks, and I can do anything. And then there's other times where you hit that dark valley, and it's just like, you debate, is this game worth it, you know? Do I, do I want to stay in this world anymore? Because right now, I feel overwhelmed, and this sucks, you know? And I think really, truly honest people will be able to say, yeah, like at some point in my life, I've had thoughts about like, oh, I, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to get out of this earth. Uh, is this worth it? And, and, you know, to me, that's, that's a natural part of interfacing with the suffering and the pain of this place. I think without Sistema, I probably wouldn't have learned uh, as effectively how to transform pain and suffering into something useful. Um, I may have fumbled through other ways of doing it, uh, but up until I started with it, I was really struggling, uh, really struggling to find a way to kind of transmute suffering and pain and see the end goal and set a goal and get there and you know all those sorts of things. Um, that's one of the most challenging and most rewarding parts of this life. Uh, and you know, like one of the basic things about Sistema that makes it interesting is that you learn how to deal with chaos and impact and pain and violence and suffering in a way that doesn't engage your sympathetic nervous system to such a high degree. You, know? you learn how to mitigate that response you learn how to keep yourself in more of a parasympathetic state, more of a relaxed state, more of a, it, it, not like relaxed in the sense of like, oh, you know, I'm being attacked and I'm laying on this lazy boy, you know, eating chips, it, not that kind of relaxation, but you using the proper amount of 
how should I say, tension and internal awareness and uh, focus for the moment that you're in rather than allowing yourself to be overwhelmed with the what if stuff. It's like, oh God, well, what if I lose? And what if this? And what if that? And what if the other? You always bring yourself back to the now, back to the present and release excess tension and learn how to face what you're dealing with and change it. And you know, the, the sympathetic nervous system, there's a lot about fight or flight in there. And uh, w something interesting, one of the ways that I actually helped me most in Sistema sort of understand the internal quality of how to deal with pain in the right way uh, was through uh, massage, mm. funny enough. They have a, uh, a form of massage, I call it warrior massage. Ooh. And it, <laughs> it's actually pretty uncomfortable. Okay, um, is it like deep tissue? It, deep tissue, and you know, you could imagine you have a, a tender spot, say the back of your calf, you know, you've been running, it's a tender spot. and. The massage essentially is a way for you to realize that you're holding tension in that spot mm -hmm. and learn how to release it on your own. Without having to roll out myofascial and everything. Yeah, like. yeah. Well, essentially, your, your partner is kind of like, I, I explain it this way. Uh, the person giving the massage is like uh, someone with a flashlight in a dark room. There's all kinds of critters that need to be killed in that dark room or disposed of, and they're just going around going, hey, there's one, but it's your job as the person receiving this, the massage to go take care of the critters. You know, So in this way, like say it was your calf, they'll, you, know, you can put your foot on the calf and start to put pressure, and you go right up into the point where the person's sympathetic nervous system and midbrain wants to take over and say, uh, uh, and tense their whole body and try to push you off, you know, the, those unconscious responses to overwhelming pain and you go right up to that point and when you're at that point then you have to study how to posture yourself in an on the internal level so that you don't run from the pain and you don't grit your teeth and just sit there and fight it but you go right into the middle and you say okay this is where it is I accept that this hurts this is uncomfortable I'm breathing I'm working with it I'm gonna find that muscle and actually release it and once you do that, it's like, oh, whew, I was the one who was making this hurt the whole time. Once I could release that muscle, it's fine, you know. But uh, there's a lesson in that for me that applies to life. That, you know, instead of, okay, they're on that find your happy place, run away in your mind, you know, just uh, they'll stop eventually. That's, that's a form of flight, you know. And to sit there and go, yeah, okay, I can take it. And you're not breathing and you're just tensing the rest of your body. That's a form of fight. And neither one of those really address the problem. You're either running away from it or just like gritting your teeth and trying to endure it, but you're still not changing it. Uh, and there was an internal space. One of the first times I got the massage uh, was at a, a seminar uh, with a really good instructor named Martin Wheeler. And we did some work on each other. It was the second day. Everybody was sore. Day one, we kicked each other's butts. Day two, we were all sore. So. He showed some of this massage work. Uh, he worked on me a little bit, some of the other people there did. And you come to this spot inside of yourself where you do, you want to either fight or you want to flight. You want to just push him off of you or just, okay, this isn't happening, this isn't, and you sort of freeze. And I remember somewhere in all of the pain of that, finding the spot that goes, okay, I actually have to accept that this is uncomfortable and I have to be here with the pain and look at it for what it is and then see how can I 
make this useful? Like, what what are some things I can change right now to be able to stay in this space? And for me, the the mental quality was okay. First, I have to breathe. That's the most important thing. If you don't, you know, breath is a foundation for everything. When I'm breathing, that gives me some awareness that oh, I'm bringing tension to all these spots in my body. So I work to relax those spots, and then the spot where the pain is most intense you kind of have to go right to that spot and say I'm going to relax this muscle and allow this pressure to go in deeper mm. and that's mm. very difficult uh, it, it's sort of like this, ex, this extreme form of acceptance um, but you realize that in doing that and you know it's like oh they're on my muscle and you're tensing your muscle but I, you realize once you release that muscle muscle is gelatinous you know it moves around the bone and then it's not being pressured those nerves aren't being squished and you realize oh well this is manageable now it doesn't matter like that's fine and that's the whole point of it is like how do you find that tension and release it and there is a very big lesson for life in this you know it's when and for me that's been super helpful when I'm in a spot where it's like I'm under pressure it's uncomfortable this hurts this is difficult Instead of trying to just like, I don't care, just you know, do it, do it. Or, oh, I don't want to be here. I'm just gonna, you know, go watch movies. I'm gonna pretend this isn't happening. It's to sit down and say, okay, yeah, there's a quality of pain in this that I'm having trouble dealing with. How can I accept where I'm at, and then start to make some changes so I can deal with it? And that, you know, that accepting where you're at and being able to be be okay with saying. I'm here. Uh, that's a that's a form of humility. Uh, it's it's really. Dang, Gina, she pulled that out. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's the difference between pride and humility. Uh, humility is just being able to be, to the best of your ability, to walk in truth and honesty about where you're at. Yes. You know, and to not overestimate or underestimate yourself. Uh, some people associate humility with. Like self-degradation. Getting stepped on and being... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just a little humble. You know, No, that's not true humility. True humility is able to look at oneself and say, yes, this is where I'm at. I have skill in this level. I'm still struggling in this level. Uh, I'm, you know, and able to assess your strengths and weaknesses as accurately as possible. Where pride uh, is, you just tell yourself lies about your skill level, about what you can do. And then you also tell other people lies. And... You sort of hamstring yourself when you do that. Uh, so that level of acceptance of where you're at and what you're dealing with and to be able to say, yeah, this is my mess right now. Like, I'm in a lot of pain because of X, Y, Z thing. And to be super honest about it, you know. It could be in a weight loss situation. It's difficult to say, my back really, really hurts and I'm about 200 pounds overweight, and I think there's a connection between that. This is where I am now. I accept the fact that I had a role to play in putting myself here. That's a hard pill to swallow right there. Yeah. But then to say, okay, so now what do I do from here? You know, right. What changes should I make to start to make this better? Right. Rather than going, I'm not overweight. No, I'm fine. I'm happy with who I am, even though right. inside you know you're you not. Know you're you know? not. And, or you know, to just face, the, there's a big movement now, and thing of like being extremely overweight is beautiful and everyone needs to accept that it's beautiful and and yes everyone is beautiful there's an inherent beauty in all of us but 
when you're 400 pounds, you know, and you're having back pain and heart issues and cardiovascular problems and all of these things, uh, the destruction that's going on in your body is not beautiful. You know, right. it really, it really isn't. And uh, there's some changes that should be made if you want to live more pleasurable uh, life. And some of those changes are going to be painful initially but ultimately you're going to feel better you know there's going to be a satisfaction like we talked about earlier you know maybe pleasure wasn't the right word satisfaction that you'll be able to get that you don't get by not doing anything absolutely definitely with that weight loss that's most of my listeners and even people that are in my own intensive um weight loss and being able to conquer a food addiction or alcohol or drugs what the the vein that i think we're kind of going on is it is in our nature to find comfort it's in our nature to be comfortable it's in our nature to think that this thing that the world offers us is going to gratify that need to be comforted but that's actually false it actually digs a bigger hole it makes the the need for comfort greater the answer to our pain is in our pain and some of us most of us are so afraid of facing that pain that the hole just gets bigger the grave just gets dug deeper and it isn't until we're one two three four five hundred pounds overweight or a hundred thousand dollars in debt to gambling or our liver is completely you know shutting down because of all the alcohol we drank that we decide okay I guess I have to make a change so the way that I see the world is going is especially even with devices is we feel a pain we have a response that's right there it's in our hand I can numb it out right but then we have to keep getting more we have to keep consuming more to nullify that pain so I lost the question but (laughs) let's stay in that vein of of even just hey let's come to reality here because I believe you know I have this gap theory that in order to get where you want to be you have to establish where you are which is definitely honesty with yourself you have to learn how to be self-aware you have to learn how to self-evaluate with honesty and with truth and and then getting to where I want to be well even the so even media tells us you just have to you know, order my food plan and put this food in these little boxes and push play every day for, for nine or 12 weeks and you'll get a six pack like me and you'll have everything you want. But what happens when we get that and we're still completely unsatisfied and we're even in more bondage than we were before we started? How do we get over that? I mean, for me, it's a place of, of I actually need to learn who I am and that I am worthy of change and that I am worthy of putting work into. So what do you think about changing and why it's so hard for people to actually make that first step? Yeah, I think we live in a world now, we have a lot of media, we have a lot of information. I mean, if you go on Instagram, you will find 10,000 fitness models all telling you exactly how you need to eat and you know, how to get gains and this, that, and the other. And that's great. I, I don't think we have a problem necessarily with lack of information as far as the what, but getting there is a function of the why. You know? And 
you have to have a why that is sufficient to hold you through the suffering yeah. and a why that will sustain you long term. Uh, I know when I first started to get into fitness and working out and things like this, my initial why was kind of based a little bit in vanity. I had to, it was you know I wanted to really look good. I wanted to work out so I could be fit, so that I could take my shirt off at the beach and feel good about it. And you know uh, that was a big part of my why. And the problem I found with that it was it sustained me for a certain amount of time. You know once I got to the point where I felt like yeah I'm I actually look good like I like this. Having keeping that as my why completely disincentivized me from continuing to work uh, for whatever reason it's like I, I got there and I reached this goal and I was like the world is going to change now and people are like yeah you look good okay it's a big deal you know like yeah. it's not like all of a sudden I became a king or you know something <laughs> right. you know it's like okay well I, I got fit and I look good and, and now what well I'm still dealing with the same stuff in life that I was dealing with before I have a, a healthy body but okay and then it started to creep back in with you know well I you know I look good I didn't work out today. I'll, I'll catch it tomorrow. You know, well, I'll, I'll just start again next week. And then slowly, I started Ooh, a going. Pizza. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm just, it's a weekend. We're going to, you know, right. and all the excuses and things like that. Because my why, once I had achieved it, it, it didn't have sufficient power to, to keep me going. And, you know, it was based in an unrealistic, unrealistic expectation that once I achieved that goal, you know, it, it it would change my world fundamentally somehow and how people perceived me and how people viewed me and I wouldn't have to worry about anything. And there was a, a big letdown when I got there and I'm like, I look good, but okay. I mean, I'm still mm -hmm. the same person and I'm, you know, uh, nothing really changed other than how I look. And then I had to change, you know, I, I tried a lot of different things and I eventually came to a version of the why for me that was essentially a resetting goal or a goal that I could basically not ever satisfy as long as I'm alive. You know, kind of it's kind of like a it was like Jedi versus I, Jedi Master. Yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, well, you, you think of things like these goals get set in life, but like when we had the war on terror declared, like that's literally a war that we're never really going to win because right. there's always going to be somebody who's going to want to terrorize somebody else. Right. So that goal resets every time there's a human who wants to terrorize somebody, you know? Right. So it's not something you can ever eradicate. It's like, you know, we got rid of terror, now we're going to declare a war on fear. It's like, no, it's just <laughs> not going to happen. Like, there's always going to be fearful people. There's always going to be people terrorizing others. And, and for me, I had to set a goal that was kind of like that, you know? It, it was... I need to do something every day to improve myself in some way, mentally, physically, emotionally, to work on myself, and we can get into details of what that actually looks like, but I need to do something so that I'm better at the end of each day than when I started. Yeah. And that's a goal that sets resets every day. You know, I have to work on myself in some way today so that at the end of the day, when I lay in bed, I can go, this is what I worked on today. This is what I, you know, even if I only made a little bit of progress just working on it, I'm that little bit better now than when I started this morning. And So how do you go from 
being self-aware and self-evaluating in that respect to also not have condemnation, fear, and just comparison in with all that. How do you separate that? For me, it goes back to that idea of humility and the, the idea, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> the idea of being honest with yourself and but what if you're honest what if the honesty within you is a bully well that that has to do with an internal way that you're framing things and there are some people honestly that they can draw from their internal bully and, and move forward with it but ultimately you just have to be real and a lot of times for example the idea of comparison uh, they, they say comparison is the thief of joy you know but it also can give you a false sense of being okay. It's like, well, you know, I'm not really feeling good in my body. I don't like the way I present myself to the world, but at least I'm not that 600 pound guy laying in bed all day. You know, if I, if I just focus on that, I'll feel better about myself. Right. And it's, it's sort of, you can find 7 billion other people on this planet to compare yourself against that'll either make you feel better or make you feel worse. Yeah. And it, the most important person that you need to compare yourself against is yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like, who was I yesterday and did I do anything to make that better? And the moment I start going, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Jocko Willing getting up at 4.30 every morning and putting in the time and, you know, doing this, that, and the other, mm -hmm. that can be disincentivizing to me because it's like, I'll never get there, mm -hmm. you know, but if but I... he has three days in one day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's like... If, <laughs> For me though, if I look and I go, okay, what was I able to do yesterday? Can I push the limits of that today in some way? You know, can I improve upon that in some way? And increment by increment, all of a sudden, it's you know, if I'm if as they say, staying in your own lane, watching your own bobber, whatever it is, you know, if I can keep my focus there and make fighting with myself my number one battle, you know, rather than fighting with the images of oh look at this model and look at that person and oh I'm you know I'm 36 years old now and look at all these things that other people accomplished already that I haven't accomplished mm -hmm. and I, I should feel it's like no I'm on I'm on my lane I'm on my path and I just need to do the best I can to improve that every day and then pretty soon you can look around and go wow I have made a lot of progress mm -hmm. but it's always incremental you know and this is what I tell people who come to me for fitness advice or for know what diet and what things should I get on so I can just you know blaze it this mm -hmm. year and you know should it be two hours of workout today a day and I eat nothing but mm -hmm. salads and you know I'm just and there's these big grandiose ideas mm -hmm. and it's like I, I've been on that path before too where it's like all right January 1st hits I'm yes. gonna start two hours 100%. a day I'm gonna do no sugar <laughs> you know this that, and the other and I last of like Sometimes days, sometimes a week. I, I one time I lasted for like three or four weeks, and I was like, yeah. And then I just fell off, and you fall off hard. Yeah. You know, it's 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 too hard to change your whole neural makeup to such a stark change that fast and yes. hold it. Sometimes you can do it, but it's very challenging. And and I, I tell those people, it's like, let's just take a sober look at what you're doing now. So, what are you actually doing now for workout? Well, I, I'm really doing nothing for workout. It's like, all right, well, let's let's do something that's a little better than nothing. How about ten minutes three times a week? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not going to do anything. That's not. And it's like, well, it's more than you're doing now, mm -hmm. you know. And if, if I, I could do that easily, well, 
if you could do that easily, you'd be doing it already. Right. You know, exactly. that's the thing. It's like, let's do it. So this week you worked out 30 minutes more than you did last week. Mm-hmm. And let's see if you can sustain that for a couple of weeks. Right. And then maybe we'll add a day and make it, you know, four times a week, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll up it to 15 minutes. And, you know, looking at, at diet and food and thing like things like that, it's like, let's, let's find something that is healthy and then incorporate it for a meal. Like I'm going to have one meal that I know for sure is healthy. Yes. And then don't worry about the rest of the day, but right. that meal you focus on right. and you have your one meal and then let's make it two, right. you know? And it, it's this sort of incremental growth that dedication in the long term will get you better results than burning out in the short term. Absolutely. What know? I've what I've learned in mine is it isn't about because people just want to say you're gonna you're gonna go from zero to sixty in twelve weeks and you're gonna have this transformation. Oh, I've been doing it for four days and I've only lost a pound, and they freak out and it's that all or nothing thinking. But what I've learned is you you have to get the mechanics down. Yeah. You have to do the mechanics consistently, and yes. until you can get the foundational mechanics down and do them consistently, there you have no business adding intensity. You have no business. Yeah. I mean, there's women that I've coached that that. They think that when I come to them to get on a, a workout program, it's like I'm going to make them do six days a week, you know, an hour of cardio, an hour, an hour of lifting, and they're going to have to sustain that for the rest of their lives. And I'm like, yeah. this week I want you to put your gym shoes on twice, and I want you to drive to the gym and park your car yeah. because yeah. you're literally going from one, zero to one. Yeah. Why would I take you from zero to ten? Yeah. That's setting yourself up for failure. Absolutely. And it's the all or nothing mentality that gets us into trouble and then we fall off and then we fail and then we hate ourselves and then we gain 20 pounds and then we have to you know pay even more money and what that does is create even more of a failure mentality and even more of a bondage in our mind that we have to overcome yeah it's like can you just give yourself a break yeah and go i'm gonna put my shoes on today you know i mean I, i put a goal for myself this year to run a mile every day yeah. It's just a stupid run streak, and yeah. it isn't. It isn't because I'm trying to prove something to somebody. Yeah. It's because I know if I don't have a big race in front of me, I'm not gonna run. Yeah, exactly. I'm, and mm-hmm. you know, like I gained ten pounds over Christmas. Why? Because I didn't care. Yeah. Because I've yeah. lost fifty pounds this year. Like I don't care. But now that I'm, you know, six pounds heavier than when I was before Christmas, I got to get that off. And I still have 20 pounds to lose before I'm there, you know? That's why goals are so important and proper goals for where you're at are, that's what really is important, you know? It's, we can all set outlandish goals to do, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire by next week. And it's like, you know, and then when I don't reach it, oh, you know, man, you know, but to, go back to that idea of being truthful and honest with yourself to really just sit down take a sober estimation of yourself and go okay let's just pull back the lid here take a look inside and go what am I happy with what am I not happy with and sometimes we find a lot more things that we're unhappy with that we wish were different than we find you know opposite than we find that we're happy with and that's okay you know that's part of the pain of change is to go yeah I really don't do a good job with this this particular thing and I just kind of have to own that and say this is where I'm at now that's not where you stop you know because then it's just a kind of a self-condemnation thing of like mm-hmm. these are all the areas where I suck the end you know that's just 
Right. If you want to change something, it's being with that pain. It's like that massage I was talking about. You have to accept, ooh, this is really painful right now. And then inside of that pain, you have to go, what are the changes that I, I, can, I can make? You know, what are the things I can do? How can I really fully accept that this is where I am? And then from that lens, from being inside of that place, look out and go, okay, well, there's an option. Here's an option. Here's something I can do. And just branch out a little bit. And slowly, slowly, you'll build your way outwards towards your goal, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But some, you have to set mini goals and long-term goals that are all in relation to uh, where you're at. So that's really the first step is you have to establish where are you. And you have to be able to look at it and be honest with yourself. Yeah. And then set a goal that you know you can reach. Yes. You know? uh, for me, even, even <laughs> now, you know, I, I run a gym teach martial arts and fitness classes and all these different things and people think like oh you must be in there working out like eight hours a day you know it's probably what you do all the time and for me for where I'm at now my goal is five days a week at least 30 minutes Mm -hmm. on my own time when I'm not teaching when I'm not you know leading an exercise class I need to be doing something Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's hitting the bag whether it's just movement whether it's exercises whether it's whatever I'm going to spend 30 minutes and people think 30 minutes, five days a week, that's not really much. But I find if I set that as a goal for myself, A, I, I can think the same way. Well, that's really not that much, mm-hmm. 30 minutes of my time. And then when I hit that 30-minute mark, oftentimes I'll go for an hour, mm-hmm. hour and a half, whatever. But yeah, because you're feeling good. You're yeah, feeling it's, sort of the, yeah. it's sort of the mental trick that gets me in the door and goes, I know this is a goal that I meet. And then when I get, and then some days I get to the 30 minutes and I'm like, thank God it's over, yes. you know. Yes. But I still reach the goal that I know is, is right for me for where I'm at now and you know with my activity level and I, I feel like goals should be that way you have to set them in such a way that you know oftentimes if you just get started in something you'll go for longer than you think you know and then sometimes not but that 10 minute goal of like 10 minutes three times a week well you do that 10 minutes and you realize oh hey I went for 12 minutes today right. wow you know or I made it to 15 or I made it to 20 and slowly you start to grow Plants grow that way. Everything grows that way. You don't Plants go grow. from, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not like, you know, you're a, a planted one day and then all of a sudden you're a tree the next, right. you know, it's, there's incremental growth over time and to keep that growth and to sort of solidify the gains that you have, momentum builds slow. Like yes. That's just the way that it is. And anytime you try to change everything so dramatically and completely, you're going to lose some of that. There's going to be some right. die off. You might be able to keep a core of it if you really have discipline and dedication, uh, but to have something that you can sustain, you have to start with a little change and then you make a little change based on that new level you've come to and a little change right. and you grow, 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 well, grow, and we're, grow. Even we're up against ourselves because our subconscious wants us to keep doing the same thing that we've always done, whether yeah. it was good for us or not. And even, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day Well, when I was in the hospital with my daughter and she was talking to me about doing the entire Superior Lake Trail yeah. and just walking it, just hiking it. Yeah. You know, is it like 400 or 300 miles yeah. or something? I'm like, yeah, we run Superior, right? And she said that it took her three weeks to do it. Mm-hmm. And the only time that it was terrible was the first three days. Oh, and wow. she fought with herself the entire three days. Yeah. And by the time the fourth day rolled around, when the subconscious actually was like, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. I don't have to fight with you anymore. Yeah. 
there was no pain. She had no DOMS. She she slept well. She ate well. You know, she was into ketosis and all of that. And it's like, if we can just give ourselves three days yeah. to to make a change and and to realize that you are not going to be able to solve everything yeah. in a day, give yourself time and understand that that you're you you want it. It wants to stay in homeostasis. You making a change doesn't want to make a change yeah. but consciously we have to make the effort to change yeah, absolutely. which there was another another thing that came up when you were talking that some people don't even know that they have the option to change they think this is the way it was for my parents this is what my grandpa grandparents died of so this is what must be my lot in life yeah. incorrect, yeah, correct. you incorrect. have a choice yeah I mean, even the fact that my whole family is heart disease and cancer and diabetes and all of this, and, and, and I have parents telling me, you're going to end up just like the rest of us. Here, let's have a lesson on epigenetics. Yeah, <laughs> what you do res results in what you do, right? So I, I fully believe that. So what about the people that don't even know you have an option to change? You have a choice here where maybe something happened in their early childhood or, or in their life where somebody told them, you yeah. don't have a choice. What do we say to them? There's an important piece of change uh, to me. You know, the most important things that we can do in life are actually internal. Everything starts internal, yeah. you know. And if you want to change something on the external, you have to change it on the internal first. It's that is, that's the most difficult part. But uh, you know, like even in the Bible, Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to become again like a child. You know, and one of the things that's so fantastic about children is their imagination. Mm. You know, uh, you can like when I was a little boy, I used to play with my cousin in the basement, and we had these little plastic guns and it started out running around the basement with plastic guns but five seconds into it we are in the jungles of you know Peru fighting gorilla you know bandits and rolling around and you know ducking behind hills and swinging on vines and we're there like experiencing that experiencing the adrenaline of that experiencing the uh, the joy of overcoming in that situation and all of those things and one of the biggest steps to take when you feel like you're stuck is to take the time and to imagine what it would be like if you succeeded in this. Mm -hmm. You know, Because there is a big feeling of like, oh, I can't do that. There's no way I could ever do that, this, that, and the other. And this is where, for me, you know, meditation time, like personal time where I just sit, I focus my awareness on my breath, and observe my thoughts a bit just kind of like what's coming in what's going out what beliefs do I hold you know what is how's my brain trying to distract me and really just work is work on keeping my awareness on being present in that moment and not being pulled in all these different directions there's a certain I don't know skill that comes inside of there that after you realize I don't have to be pulled in all these different directions. You can start to focus more on possibility. And a really good skill for everyone is to, is to get back to using your imagination. Uh, and 
not just oftentimes when we imagine things if we have a belief that we can't get to that spot we shut it down you know mm -hmm. oh yeah that'd be nice to be there but that's never gonna happen for me right. you know you have to give yourself permission to really see yourself there and to experience it just like a kid just like you know my cousin and I running around in the basement when we were kids we really gave ourselves permission to be in that jungle to be there to be the warriors to be to feel what it's like to be that uh, as adults we sort of lose that and we we only engage sort of the neocortex part of our brain and our train of thought and just the the voice that goes on in our head but to sit and and feel like okay to have enough money or to have reached my weight loss goal or to have the skill level I want an XYZ thing what does that feel like you know like what would I look like if I was there what would I experience how would I interface with myself and with other people if I was 50 pounds lighter you know what does that feel like and if you give yourself permission to imagine along that line just imagine along that line it start there's this little crack that starts to get opened in your belief systems and hope for something different mm, comes hope. in you know that's it really it is. is that's it it's, it's hope. like you start to like well you know what i i can imagine what it would feel like to be there maybe could i you know could that actually happen and it usually starts as a question and you know there's a lot of beliefs and uh teachings and things out there in all areas of society about like positive self-talk and this that and the other and that's good uh, it has to go deeper than just that surface layer just that you know cerebral cortex layer you have to allow yourself to feel and then imagine and sort of engage your body in some way it's like oh I, as I'm imagining and seeing how it feels imagining the feeling in my body and moving as though I was there and all of that is what starts to shift and change yourself. Uh, sort of gives you, it's a hack in a way for neuroplasticity so that you can start to shift things that are completely turned off and you go, no, there's no way I can ever get there. And you start to shift towards, well, maybe, I don't know, I could I? And then it turns into like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess that's, that's a possibility. And then it, it, there's that momentum that starts inside that puts you in a place of like, no, I can do this, I, I, I'm confident. Uh, that doesn't come overnight. You can't just go from like, I can't to, yes, I can, right. just like that. You know, right. it, it really does start on the level of your imagination. And that's where we have to go back to, okay, this is, I have to be honest with where I'm at. How, how do I see myself? How do I want to see myself? And a lot of the work in any area is inside. You know, it's the internal work. Uh, in system, I realize this. You know, if I want to get better at my martial art, I can't see myself on the same skill level as I've always had, or you know, that I plateaued out at, and I'm not moving forward. I have to take some time and go, okay, what would it look like for me to reach the next level? What does that feel like? And assess every aspect of that in sort of a 3D, you know, holographic game in my mind you know, like I'm gonna play this game I'm gonna put myself in there as the character and this character is gonna level up in whatever area now what does that feel like what is it like uh, if you can find that space inside of yourself you literally could change anything yeah. but
that's where it starts. Yeah.